Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now, let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. How many of you know that we need to hear the voice of God? How many of you know that? Like parents in the room, like that you're trying to lead your families, like you need to hear the voice of God. Like in this season and, and scheduling schools and trying to figure out all, all that's going on, we need the voice of God. Students, you need the voice of God. You need to be able to hear God as you're heading into the, the school year and, and knowing what direction he wants you to go. If you're a business owner, you need to hear the voice of God. He wants to give you discernment and wisdom in direction for your, for your business. Maybe it's who to hire, who not to hire. Do I sell that property or do I sell that business? God wants to speak to you about those things in your life. If you're in a relationship, God wants to speak about your relationship. If you're single and dating, it could be God's voice is telling you, hey, you need to break it up with that clown, right? You need to drop him off. Maybe I'm messing with you, but maybe I'm not messing with you. I don't know. Like we need the voice of God. And I think we need the voice of God now more than ever. And you might say, Colby, well, God doesn't really speak to me that way. Or I've never really been able to, to hear the voice of God. Well, I submit this morning that God doesn't have a speaking problem. We have a listening problem. And in this series called uh, Off the Grid, my goal really is to take us on this journey to try to get out of the 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 noise to kind of remove ourselves from the distractions from some of those things that would keep us from fully hearing God's voice in our life all the 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 noise about the infection and the election and conspiracy theories that are out there and by the way none of that stuff is bad so don't email me you know on those things like that's not bad here's what I'm saying that if we just race into the school year and if we race into the new season, the fall, and if we race into athletics, and if we race into, you know, this next season in our life without pausing and without giving God the opportunity to speak to us in this next season, then it could be we are missing out on the direction that God wants to take us in this next season. And there's something about the fall, by the way, that there is a, a harvest in the natural sense like there's a, a great harvest that happens in the fall. There's also a har harvest that happens supernaturally as well. I don't know what it is. I can't necessarily explain it, but it seems like when people go back to school, people start coming to church like crazy. People start meeting Jesus and getting saved like by the hundreds, like literally in the fall, there's a, a, nat a supernatural harvest that happens as well. And I think we need to prepare for the harvest that God wants to to bring into our lives and into our, our church. And I don't know about you, there's just, for me, there's too much at stake for me not to hear the voice of God. There's too much at stake leading a family. There's too much at stake, you know, deciphering schools and schedules. There's too much at stake leading a, a great church for me not to hear the voice of God in my, my life. So for the next few weeks, I wanna teach you because I believe that this really has the, the power, this teaching, to be transformative in your life if you'll grab hold of this understanding. That if you will learn how to hear the voice of God. A.W. Tozer said this, that it is the nature of God to speak. Like he wants to speak to you. Again, God does not have a speaking problem. We have a listening problem. 
my grandfather um, was an old Methodist minister. I don't know why I say he was old. I mean, he was young at one point in his life, right? But he was a, he was a Methodist minister in Alabama. And so he would travel around. He had two to three different churches that he would preach at every single weekend. And I'm talking about backwoods, like Boaz, Alabama, Gadsden. Y'all didn't know I was country, but I'm a little country, all right, just so you know. And he would travel around and preach to these churches, and they couldn't pay him that much because these small little country churches. So he was also a farmer. And my grandfather would grow all kinds of things. He would grow corn. He grew, grew uh, watermelon. Uh, he, he, had, he had a bunch of pecan trees, and they're called pecans. They're not pecans, because you don't pee in a con, you pee in a can. So it's pecan trees, all right? And he grew vegetables, all different kinds of vegetables. And the thing that I learned is that you don't always grow the same crop in the same field every year. You have to do what's called rotating the crops. And the reason why you would rotate the crops is to allow the, the nutrients in the soil uh, to, to kind of build up in order to produce the best crop that you could. If you didn't rotate the crops, then chances are you would overtax the soil, you could overuse the soil, and you might not produce the best crop, the best harvest that you could produce. And as a farmer, if that's your income, that's your livelihood, you needed to produce, you know, the, the best crop you could. So you take that to the market, you would sell that, and then you would live on that for, you know, the remainder of the year. But you had to rotate the crops because otherwise the seed would not respond to the soil as good as it could if you hadn't rotated the crops. And that same principle that applies to the, the farmer's seed and soil applies to the condition of our heart when it comes to hearing the voice of God. Did you know that? So today, really over the, the next few weeks, I'm just wanna help us rotate our crops a little bit to help us have good soil in order for God's word, his, his voice, his seed to be planted in our lives. Maybe to, to refresh before heading into the fall. Maybe to let the even land lay dormant because sometimes you wouldn't plant anything. You would just give it a season to kind of rest in order to produce the best crop. Let's look at this parable that Jesus taught in Luke chapter eight, verse four. It says this, one day Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered to hear him. He said, a farmer went out to plant his seed and he scattered it across his field. Some seed fell on a footpath. Everybody say footpath. So that's one environment, the footpath, where it was stepped on and the birds came and ate it. Another seed fell among the rocks. Everybody say rocks. And it began to grow, but the, the plant soon wilted and died for the lack of moisture. Other seed fell among the, what's that word? Thorns. There's our third environment that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Still, other seeds fell on fertile soil. There's our fourth one. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. How many of you would like to produce a hundred times of a harvest that, you know, more than what you sowed? Like that's, that's the goal that we would produce in our lives. And it says this, when he had said this, when he told this story, he called out anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Don't miss that. Jesus is not stating the obvious that you have to have ears in order to hear. He's letting us know that, hey, God's always talking. Like God is always speaking. It just could be that we might not be 
listening that we have a personal responsibility when it comes to hearing the voice of God. And so what that means is not just, oh, I hope one day I hear God's voice. I hope one day that I become a super Christian and then all of a sudden I'm gonna hear the voice of God speaking to my life. I hope one day God's just gonna favor me and all of a sudden I'm gonna hear his voice. No, that's not what the text is telling us. It says, he who has ears should listen up. So you have a responsibility to listen it's God's responsibility to speak. And it's not that God isn't speaking, it's just that it could be. It's landing in the wrong environment, in the wrong soil, in the wrong place. So I wanna give you four types of soil that we have. I'm gonna call this message a, a soil sampling, if you wanna jot down a title. We're gonna talk about these four different kinds of soil that we have in our life and then ultimately the kind that God wants us to have in order to hear his voice. Because again, we need to hear the voice of God now more than ever. There's so much at stake. And so now if we keep reading, we actually go beyond the parable and Jesus gives us the meaning in Luke 8 verse nine. It says his disciples asked him and Jesus would do this from time to time. He was selective about who he allowed to hear everything. So he'd pull his crew aside and say, this is what this parable means. And that's a good note for some of you, by the way, that you shouldn't, you know, you don't have to have everybody know everything about your life. Like you should have a filter. You don't have to post everything for everyone on Facebook. Come on, somebody. Like you don't have to do that, that you should allow, you know, certain people to have certain levels of access to your life. And so Jesus pulled these guys aside. They asked, what's the meaning of this parable? In verse 11, he says, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word, meaning the seed is God's voice. Now you might say, no, 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 Kobe, God's word, that's the Bible. Well, they didn't have the Bible, all right? The, the Bible had not been completed at this point. The canon had not been closed. The, the, the seed is the voice of God. So the seed is God's word. The seeds that fell on the footpath, so now he's explaining each environment, represent those that hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their heart. Now, earlier when he told everybody, he said birds came along, right, and, and, and ate it up. So the bird is the devil. And he could have used, he could have said bird, he could have said cat, because come on, we know cats are devil, right? So don't email me on that either, just saying. He could have said anything, but he said the birds came along and ate it up. The devil comes away. And look at this. He takes away the word in their heart and prevents them from believing and being saved. So the footpath represents the heart condition of write it down, contaminated soil. It's contaminated. And here's why I call this contaminated soils because contamination is the condition of our heart apart from Jesus, that we're all sinners. It's just those of us who have allowed Jesus to, to pay for our sin have been created new, like we are a new creation in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. We're covered by the sacrifice that Jesus uh, uh, made for us on the cross. But until that sin is covered, we are contaminated. And it's the goal of the enemy to keep you there, by the way. He doesn't want you to enter into a relationship with God through Jesus. That's the last thing he wants. He wants to keep you, the Bible says, from prevent you from believing and prevent you from, from ever being saved.
saved. So whenever a word is dropped into your heart, and this is what happens, by the way, you'll hear something that will convict you. Maybe it's in church, maybe it's somewhere else. And it's like, man, I really need to change that. I need to work on that. And you'll walk out of these doors and you'll forget it just like that. Because the enemy snatches it up. It's seed that has landed on a footpath. And so the the birds came and ate it because he doesn't want that to, to make any change in your life. He wants to keep your heart contaminated. And our hearts stay contaminated real quick a couple of different ways. One is because of our own sin. We're all sinners. Now, something you should know, whether this is your first time here, your first time watching online, this is a life-giving church. Meaning that I'd rather speak to your potential than to kind of continue to look at your past. Are you with me? I'd rather speak to the good things of God in your life. Like we want it to feel like you come into these doors and you feel like just a fresh rain of the Holy Spirit has fallen on you to encourage you. So we want to be life-giving. However, we will speak the truth. We're not gonna shy away from the truth of words. God will speak it in, in, in love, right? And in grace, but we will be honest. And so this isn't the, you're a dirty, rotten sinner part of the message. This isn't the, you better turn or burn. You know, you think summer's hot, hell's a lot hotter. This isn't that part. All right, so don't worry because maybe some of you have been to that church. I've been to those churches where you felt like you were beat up instead of built up, where you felt like, you know, you left there, that you were awful. But you know what I discovered, you know, in a life-giving environment is that God says I'm valuable, that he says I'm chosen, that I'm loved, that I'm called, that I'm the head, not the tail, if you were here last week, right? That I'm from above and not below. But that does not mean just because I'm those things that I cannot make decisions that are contrary to the heart of God because I can still make decisions that are contrary to the standard of God's word. And when I do, you know what that's called? Sin. We all have it. And sin just simply means that we're missing the mark, that we're going this way when God really wants us to go this way. Are you with me? It's not this great mystery. It's an archery term. It means I'm missing out on the direction that God has for my life. That's why Maybe you've heard this word before, uh, but it's been portrayed as this negative kind of dirty word. It has all these negative connotations, but it's the word repentance. Because repentance, I know some of you, you hear that and you're like, man, here we go. Man, you're just, I don't know if I like you anymore, Colby. You know, repentance, let me take the mystery out of it. It simply means I'm going this way and now I turn and I go this way. That's it. That's what it means, is that I'm headed this way, I'm missing the mark, I'm sinning, and God convicts me of that sin, and I say, thank you, God, for that, that I needed that, and I turn and I go the other way. Oh, God, I wanna go your way, I wanna follow your way for my life. That's what it means. But because of contaminated soil, that word gets robbed from us, that the enemy comes in and snatches it and steals it from us us we all have sin but i'm talking about unrepented sin contaminates our heart and our soil another way our heart is contaminated by the way is holding on to stuff is the sin that others commit against us that we don't let go of it's the grudges it's the the bitterness it's the unforgiveness that we we hold on to because we think by holding on to it we're hurting them 
Like you hurt me, well, I'm gonna hurt you. I'm never gonna let you in my life anymore. I'm gonna block you out. And can I tell you something? If that's your approach, listen, they ain't even thought about you. They don't care about you. What you're doing is you're keeping God from speaking to your life. You're blocking the ability to hear from God. Matthew 5, 23, not in your notes, but if you wanna jot it down, it says, hey, if you're ever trying to make an offering and you have a grudge against someone in your life, you better first go and take care of that. Seek uh, forgiveness. Let them know you forgive them before you come and bring your offering of worship to God. God's like, I'm not even gonna hear it. I'm not even gonna accept it until you get rid of that contaminant in your, your life. And here's the thing, God is so good and he's so gracious that the moment you're convicted of that and you turn and you repent, God says, come on, come on. Let's, let's just get this, this, this right. I had a better way for your life. So God wants us to do that. James 1.21 says this, so get rid of then all that filth, all that contamination and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted into your hearts for it has the power to save your souls. We can never begin a new life until we get rid of the old life, until we pull out that contamination because God wants us to be, be saved. So he invites us to repent and to turn to God. So the contaminated soil is not able to hear and receive the word of God. The second one, here we go. Keep reading verse 13. The seeds fell on. The next one is the rocky soil. Then that represents those who hear the message and receive it with joy. That's those of you who hear the message at church or you hear something, you're like, that's good, Colby. Preach that. Come on, preach. You know, not all of you do that. You need to work on it, by the way. It's called active listening. It's okay. You can respond. It's called call and response. I say some stuff. You can say some stuff back. But you hear it for a moment and you get excited about it and you're enthusiastic about it in a moment. So they hear the message. They receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, it says they believe it for a little while. I came, you know, a couple weeks to church. I went to a small group three times in a row. I served on a team once. They believe it for a little while, but then they fall away and they face temptation. When they face temptation, here's the second kind of soil, and that is competing soil. These are the distractions. These are all the, the noises that compete in our life. And because our roots don't go down deep, we believe for a little while, we get excited for a moment and then we fall away when we are tempted. And did you know, you're not always tempted to sin. This isn't necessarily about ten, sin, but you can be tempted to be distracted because the Bible doesn't say they fell on rocky soil, they had joy, but they had no root and then they fell into sin. That's not what it says. Like it, it, another translation, in fact, says that they, they fell into the cares of this world all the noises, all the distractions, because there were so many things that were competing for their hearts. And when there's no root, like a, a wind blows and they can be uprooted in a moment. They can't hear the word of God because we're so distracted. And can I tell you something? I get it. Like I'm right there with you. I understand that there's all these things pulling for our attention. I understand the season that we're in of, of trying to figure out school and schedule. I understand that there are series on Netflix that you have to binge watch. Come on, right? Like, I get it. There's all these distractions. There's so many things competing for your time 
and for your attention. You got to go here. You got to go there. And then ultimately, doesn't it seem like there's always issues or there's always drama? I think sometimes like all hell is trying to keep us from hearing the voice of God by giving us so many different distractions, so many different things pulling us in different directions. And it doesn't have to be something bad. It can also be something good that's just competing, keeping us from identifying the voice that matters, the voice of God in our, our life. Could it be, you could easily identify the voice of your favorite actor. Oh, that's The Rock. That's Dwayne Johnson. I know that voice. Or, or your favorite singer. That's Billie Eilish. Or that's, or that's the Biebs. Baby, baby, baby. Like, I know the Biebs anywhere, right? Hey, how many of you could recognize the voice of your Savior if he was speaking to you? Like, you could easily identify all these other voices, but could you identify the voice that matters the most? In order to hear God's voice, you have to turn down the world's volume. Are you with me? My, my son, Wade, who is, uh, who's 15, so proud of him, got his first job. So now he pays rent at 15 years old. No, I'm just kidding. But that's not a bad idea. But he started working at Wegmans, uh, doing the checkout. So if you ever want to go mess with him, you go to Wegmans, go on his checkout line. Um, and something you should know is that he doesn't yet know all the differences in the vegetables that you bring up um, because we don't eat vegetables in our house. So he really doesn't know what those are. So if you bring up anything, he just rings it up as broccoli. Oh, that looks like broccoli. That looks like broccoli. That's an eggplant, Wait, Oh, it looks like broccoli. What was I talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah. And so because he got this job at Wegmans now, uh, doing checkout, he's got, some, he's got some money. And so one of the first things he bought with his money were these AirPod Pros. And these AirPod Pros have this, have this button on it that you can push to cancel out the noises that you don't want to hear. They're noise canceling. And so if you push the button, right, it eliminates all the noises that you don't want to hear, but it allows the noise that you do want to hear. Are you following me? I think some of us need to figure out our spiritual noise-canceling button so that we can eliminate all the distractions that we don't want to hear and focus on the voice of God that is important in our life, that we do want to hear from. we got to cancel that, that noise out. And here's what I've discovered does that better than anything else one word desperation like when you're desperate to hear from God when you're hungry to hear the voice of God in your life because when you really want to watch something on Netflix you you do whatever you have to to get time to watch it like you will put the kids to bed you'll go make some popcorn you will you will binge watch that thing you'll say hey I'm watching uh, Gilmore Girls for the next you know three days don't even bother me I'm gonna be in my room right or whatever it is, little women or Downton Abbey, I don't know. You will do what you have to because whatever is important gets priority. Can I tell you, if it was important enough for you to hear the voice of God and you were desperate enough for it, like it would get priority in your life. You would schedule it. You would make sure you have mastered your mornings and given your first of your morning to God. Come on, if it's important, you will do something about it. The voice of God wants to be the focus in your life. And sometimes we have to remove what's competing. Hebrews 12, one says this, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, I love this imagery, let us throw off. It doesn't say, let us remove. It doesn't say, let us take off. It says, throw off everything. Somebody say everything. Everything, everything that hinders and the sin that so easily 
entangles. Listen to that again. Everything that hinders and the sin. Notice that sin is separate from the hindrances because some things are sin that trap us. Other things are hindrances that just trip us. There are some things that will trap you and hold you and keep you. There are other things that will simply trip you. And so not everything that, that hinders you is sin, but not everything that gets your attention is good. Are you with me? Is necessary for your life. So you have to determine, is this, is this thing helpful for me hearing the voice of God or is it a hindrance? And if it's competing, if it's keeping you from running the race that God has for you, guess what? Throw it off. Get rid of it. Colby, why should, I, why should I throw it off? Because the word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, which means that, that God's word only reveals a couple steps at a time. And if I'm running, if I'm on an all-out sprint, following after the path that God has for my life, I need to be listening in real time to the voice of God. Otherwise, I'm gonna get off that path. So we need to throw it off and allow the voice of God to be louder than any other voice. Because can I tell you something? The course of your life is not well lit. You have to have a guide. And you have to be listening to the guide. So that's the second kind of soil. Let's keep reading. In verse uh, 14, it says, the seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into, what's that word? Maturity. 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 This is the complacent soil. Write that down. Now, I was going to call this the childish soil. You know, another version doesn't say thorns. It says weeds, that the weeds grew up. You know, whenever you drive by a house and all you see are weeds, that is a, um, an indication of neglect. It's an indication that there is no discipline. It's an indication that, that there is no maturity in getting out there and taking care of those those weeds. It's an indication that there needs to be some growing up that happens. And I don't want to be harsh, but there has to come a place in your faith and in your life with Jesus that you have to mature, that you have to grow up. And in order to grow up, you have to do things that produce maturity, not complacency. Like there are steps that you have to take in order to grow up. You know, as parents, there are times or you'll sit down your kids and you'll go, hey, you know that behavior that you're doing? Like, that's gotta change. Like, it's time. Like, you're, you're old enough now to where you don't, you shouldn't be doing that anymore. Like, you need to grow up. That's what we tell them. And with all due respect, there are some of you that there are some behaviors that are keeping you from becoming mature that are keeping you from fully hearing God's voice in your life. And it could be that there's, there's the, the time that you need to grow up. Paul says it this way, that it's time for us to get off the milk of the word of God and onto the meat of the word of God. My son, Gray, who is three years old, his favorite thing to eat are, are these right here. This is a pouch. It's like baby food. And I know he's three, don't judge me, all right? We just figure that... Uh, it's, it's number one, we don't want to fight him. You know, just might as well eat this. And number two, this has got to be more nutritious than the pizza that he refuses to eat. So let's, hey, you can eat this all day. Now at three years old, that's not too bad to see a little three-year-old, you know, kind of, you know, suck it on this pouch. But if he was 13 or 30 
or you know 43 years old then this this is a little disturbing to see is it not like you don't want to do that and i say that because there are some of you that you know god you're still sucking on a pouch that you know god and maybe even worse yet you're still sucking on a on a pacifier and maybe it's time for us to get off the the milk of the word of god and onto the meat of the word of god are you with me Listen, I'm not, again, I'm not trying to be mean and don't take this the wrong way because there are some, there are some holier than thou Christians that will take that and twist that to say, yeah, we need to have the deep stuff. Give us the, the deep stuff. Give us the meat. Meat does not mean deep. It doesn't. Meat simply means that you have grown some teeth, that you have grown your, your own faith. Meat means I'm going to feed myself. Feeding myself means I'm not, I'm not being served. I'm going to serve. Feeding myself means I'm not just going to simply come in and, and consume. I'm going to contribute. Meat means I'm not just going to be poured into, right? I'm going to pour out. Feeding myself means I'm not just going to tip God. I'm going to tithe to God. You know, there are some people who cry for deep who have never given a dollar. I'm serious, but we're crying for deep. The deepest thing some of you could do is to just be obedient to the simple truths in God's word. Like that's it. Love your neighbor as yourself. I do, do those things. But there has to come a point where you progress, where you take steps to mature. And the reason I know this is because there are some of us that are unwilling to do the things that lead to maturity. Like, think about it this way. We exist as a church to help people far from God reach their full potential in Christ, their full potential. Uh, we like the whole John 10 10 where Jesus said uh, I came to give life and give it to the the full that you would live the full life that God has for you or in James 1 4 it says let's uh, let perseverance finish its work in you so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything but that means there are steps in order for us to get to that maturity and in the same way I understand that that for my son my three-year-old son gray he has to mature that he can't eat the pouch forever like he eventually has to move on from the, the pacifier to the pouch, from the pouch to the, to the you know, the, the produce, or from the produce to the protein, you know, the protein, then the pizza, then hilly pizza, whatever. Like there has to be a maturing in his life. I would be concerned if at three, he wasn't walking. He was still laying on the ground, still crawling. I would be concerned if he wasn't running. I would be concerned if he wasn't jumping. And he's doing all those things because he's straight crazy. All right, my son is crazy. But I would be concerned if he wasn't doing those things yet. He has reached and pushed and stretched the full potential of his three-year-old body at this level. But his maturity is not complete. He still has some growing to do. Like he eventually has to go to preschool. And then he's going to go to to first grade, right? And then he's going to go to middle school and then he's going to go to, to high school and so on. There's this maturing that still has to happen and not just in education, right? He has to learn some things. He has to do things that he's never done before. He has to learn how to engage with people and, and develop friends and, and how to deal with, with conflict and how to, how to do all these things that lead to maturity. And what I'm saying is I desperately want you to reach your full potential in Christ to not stay stuck eating pouches. But here's how I know some of you are still eating this because we'll say things like, hey, you gotta serve. Like you're never more like Jesus than when you serve. 
The heart of, heart of God is to, to serve. He, he's a servant, so you gotta serve people. And not just in general terms, like serve people, I'm gonna serve my community, but you gotta serve in the house of God. The Bible says that we're all part of the body of Christ, which is the church, and that you have been um, created with a gift and a talent and a skill that's unique to you alone. And so we need every part of this body. So let's serve in the church. Come on, sit one, serve one, let's do this. And some of you are sucking on this going, nah, I'm good. Feed me. Hey, you gotta get into a group. You gotta get around community. Listen, being in rows is great, but being in circles is even better. You need to do life with people. You can't do life alone. Like the worst thing you can do is isolate yourself. It's always the one that gets separated from the pack. That's the target for the enemy. So get around people. Come together, do, get into a small group, lead a small group. Nah, Colby, I'm okay, feed me. Like, really? Like, there are some steps that you need to take in order to mature. I'm just trying to help you crawl so that you can walk and walk so that you can run, right? And run so that you can jump and so that you can ultimately lead that full life that God has called us to. But if you keep doing what you've always done, hoping to get something different in your life, that's insanity, right? If you want something different, you have to do something different. And so it takes steps for us to grow and mature. And just maybe, just maybe, those who have matured understand that when I serve others, actually God does something inside of me that grows me. Just maybe, those that are mature understand that when I get into community around people, you know, as iron sharpens iron, a person sharpens another person, that I'm growing in my faith. Like just, just maybe those who are mature understand that I'm to, to honor God with the first and bring the whole tithe to the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And that when I do, he blesses me. It's the only thing that he asks us uh, and says, test me in this. And see if I don't throw open the floodgates of blessing in your life. But instead, we go, I can't hear God while we're sucking on a pouch. Hey, it could be, just could be, that the soil of your life is not at the place in order to be able to receive God's word. Because we are immature. We are complacent. And my greatest desire for you is that you would that you would know God, that you would have a powerful encounter with God, that you would be, be saved. And the enemy wants to snatch that. My, my greatest um, desire is that you would find freedom, that you would get around a community and that would help you reach your full potential. My, my greatest desire is that you would discover your purpose, that God's created you on purpose, specifically gifted you and talented you to serve in a, in a certain way and then to ultimately make a difference in people's lives. And as you do those things, as you serve, you will hear the voice of God. As you get in a group, you will hear the voice of God in your life. Are you with me? Like there are some things that we need to do, but he's looking for some soil that isn't complacent. Some soil that says I'm willing to mature. And, and, and let me just put you at ease. He's not expecting you to mature overnight. That's not his expectation. But I know without a shadow of a doubt, man, he wants to see you try to crawl. He wants to see you try to pull yourself up. He wants to see you try to take a step. He wants to see you try to run. He wants to see you try to reach your, your full potential, take steps towards maturity. 
And I would say if any of you in the room or any of you online are dissatisfied with the level of communication that you have with God, well, it could be, just maybe it's time to grow up a little bit. Are we okay? I know that's tough. That's not, not the, the easiest thing for us to hear. It's not the easiest thing for me to teach. But your ability to hear God is directly tied to your level of growth in God. And so it's time to grow up. And four weeks from today, by the way, we start another semester of small groups. And for some of you, it shouldn't even be a question. You need to join one. Some of you, your step is to lead one. Like it's time to step up and to lead and lead by, by example. Maturity comes when we stop making excuses and we start making changes. Start making changes. Here's the last one I wanna give you. And this really is the final soil sample. Verse 15, it says, and the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word and who cling to it. Don't miss that. They hold on to it. And they don't give up. They don't let go. And notice that Jesus said it was, it was the good-hearted people. He didn't say it was the perfect people. He just said it was like the good-hearted ones. You know why I ask you to, hey, you should write this down. You should take notes. Not because I think you should write down what I say or anything like that, but because it helps you to cling to the word of God. It helps you hold on to it. It helps you hide it in your, your heart. Why should I do that, Colby? So it will produce a harvest, a huge harvest. It says you'll patiently produce a huge harvest. A harvest of what? A harvest of, of spiritual power? A harvest of peace? Come on, we need some peace. A harvest of, of, of moving forward in your life, of discernment, a harvest of knowing when to, to move, when to stay, when to start something, when to stop something, a harvest of the blessing and favor of God in your life. Like it needs to produce a harvest. A huge harvest is what the Bible says. So this is the last thing to write down, clean soil. It's the heart that clearly hears the voice of God because there's no contaminants. It's not perfect, but it's not contaminated. In the sense that when I know something's not right, God convicts me of it, I repent and I turn towards God. It's not contaminated. It's, it's the heart that's, that's not competing. That I'm tuning out the distractions of the world to better focus in on the, the voice of God in my life. And it's certainly not the heart that's complacent the one that wants to grow, one that wants to mature. And honestly, this message, how we hear from God is a huge waste of your time and a huge waste of my time if your soil, your heart is not in a place in order to receive it. If it's not prepared soil, if it's not good soil. And I'm telling you that God wants to speak to you, but the the times God's voice is clearest is when your soil is the cleanest. So in this series, we're gonna do something a little bit different. I'm gonna give us time right now to hear from the voice of God. In this room or online, what I'm asking you to do for the next five to seven minutes is know that this is a holy moment. 
that I don't want to give you something. I don't want, I don't want God's word to, to be a seed that's planted in this, run out of here, and then the enemy is going to snatch it from us. But I want us to give us time to respond to what God is speaking to us. And so the first thing that we're going to do is examine. We're going to examine our life. God says this in Psalm 139, search me. Oh God, know my heart. See if there's any anxious thoughts within me. Point out anything that offends you and lead me along the path that's everlasting. So in just a moment, we're going to examine our heart. Like, are there things in my life that are contaminating my soil, keeping me from hearing the word of God? And the second thing we're going to do is eliminate. We're going to remove the distractions. And you can't hear the voice of God clearly over all the other voices, over all the distractions that we have in our life. And then the third thing we're going to do is expect. Let's just lean in today and let's expect God to speak to us. As we examine our heart, as we repent of our sin, as we turn towards God, as we remove distractions, which is what we're going to do now to create an environment to do that, then we can expect to hear the voice of God. Let's enter into this time with anticipation that God wants to speak to us. Not with just a flippant attitude, but just saying, God, all right, here I am. Like I'm not going anywhere. I'm not focused on anything other than hearing from your voice. And here's what I want us to do. Because some of us, honestly, today, we need to, we need to grow up in our faith and, and move beyond just knowing God. And it's time to continue to live for Him. So 2 Corinthians 7.1 says this, with promises like this, that God wants to speak to us, to pull us on, dear friends, let's make a clean break with everything that defiles or distracts, both within us and without us, outside of us. Let us make our lives fit in a holy temple for the worship of God. That's what I want us to do right now. Let's make a clean break. Let's, let's pull out those distractions that would keep us from hearing the voice of God. So just let's bow our heads right now. We're gonna create some space allow God to speak to us. God, today, you've convicted us. You've challenged us. Now the question is, how do we respond? God, search our hearts. Holy Spirit, put your finger on any area in our life that keeps us up at night, that contaminates our soil, keeps us from hearing your voice and lead us to repentance. Forgive us. God, help us to remove distractions right now so that we can better hear your voice. Speak, God, we are listening. Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast, and we hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. Welcome to the family. We would love to know about it, so please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com yes. There'll be some practical resources that will help you as you start this journey. 
If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate Church to help people far from God reach their full potential in Christ, go to elevatechurch.com give. We'll see you soon. Have a great week.